0: This is the Rocky Road Podcast. Brought to you by RocksFile.com. Time drive, with high and deep right field. Get up and get out. Done. The Rockies win it. Blackman to third. Throw coming to the plate is not in time! An inside the park home run for Charlie Blackman. Davis's pitch. Strike three, Call. The Rockies are going to the postseason! The first podcast of the year. Absolute first podcast of the year here at Blake Street Tavern that I am sitting here alone. Because after every single game, I tell you guys, hey, you're going to find me at the Blake Street Tavern. It's just a matter of when, not if. And today, it took until almost a month into the season, just shy of a month, before I was doing a podcast here after a home game and nobody wanted to show up. And that's because this place is the absolute best. Uh, they've got great drink deals. They've got really, really good food. I eat here literally every day. And they have a really friendly staff that I love, frankly, a lot. So you got to come here. you got to check out the games. Uh, Avs Nug- Nuggets Away games. I believe this is the official watch party. If, it not, if it's not, it makes it feel like it is. It's wild in here during those games. Uh, if you can't make it to the Pepsi Center, same thing. But anyway, it's weird not having anyone sitting at the table. Feels just like old times. So, talking to myself tonight, talking to you between the microphone, and I'm glad that I could join you on your Sunday evening or your Monday commute. Happy Easter, happy Passover, all that good stuff. Rockies just won 4 1 against the Philadelphia Phillies. They've won three of their last four uh, against the Philadelphia Phillies. They won three of four, and they've won six of their last seven. And John Gray has looked like John Gray. Once more, he has been phenomenal, only allowing nine hits over his last about 20 innings and an ERA under one in his last three starts. He looks like, I'm gonna use the word, be careful, he looks like an ace. And I talked to him after the game and I think anyone with a set of eyes can tell you what John Gray is doing. His fastball looks like his fastball again. It's 96, sitting there at 96. It's got life to it and it tops at 80. And it's not sinking out of his hands. It's not out of control. It's hitting its spots. And that command of his fastball is what's allowing him to build off of that and go to his off-speed stuff even when he doesn't have his best command. And I don't think we've seen John Gray's best stuff and or command yet this season. And that is why when I looked at last year, I go, this is a guy that could win the Cy Young. This is the type of pitcher that I see as a elite level starter. And the only thing that separates John from that is the consistency. So we'll see how long he's able to keep it up. But the level of performances he's had over the last three starts That is the level of pitcher John Gray can be. And I would not be surprised to see that continue. I also would not be surprised to see him, you know, down in Albuquerque because that's the way John has been here the last few years, although I would bet on the former rather than the latter. And one of the things that I find fascinating is John didn't have mental issues. We've talked about this plenty of times on this podcast. In fact, probably my biggest hit episode coming out of the gates was me just ranting about people that think John has mental issues. But John, because of that, found a way to get mentally stronger. He saw an area in which he could improve, not necessarily that was a deficit, and he's worked on his breathing and channeling his thoughts and positivity and conviction And that's what he credits as making him a lot better. I personally credit the fact that he's got about 20 more pounds on him and his fastball's got a lot more life to it. But he says it's conviction in his breathing. So take him at his word. But you have to love what John has done. Because the thing that separates this club You saw it simply last year, basically on that Saturday in September, from being a borderline playoff team to being one that is a legitimate division leader is a third starter, is an elite-level third starter. And if they have Freeland, they have Marquez, and they have Gray going the way they are, the offense is an afterthought. And that's how this team was built. But you need three guys. I mean, Like I've been saying for years, you have all these darts to throw at the dartboard, and now you've gotten three that have stood out. You need them to be consistent. Herman Marquez has looked a little bit shaky here the last three times around the rotation. But you have to rant and rave about John Gray right now. As much as everyone was upset about him just a year ago, right now he is best positioned to have the best pitching season amongst everyone on the Rocky staff. And that says a lot about his fortitude, his mental toughness, his will as an athlete, will to win that he would get endlessly criticized the way he did and come out and start the season the way he has. So hats off to John Gray, because he deserves it. And all those people who wrote him off and wanted him traded for whatever shilling the Rockies were gonna get back, don't take your hat off unless you're gonna eat that hat because you were wrong. All right, what else we got on the show today? That was a good little leadoff, but uh, Daniel Murphy is going to come back. I think he'll be back either tomorrow or Tuesday. The Isotope scored 23 runs today in Albuquerque. That wasn't even the final. That was just the last score update I saw. Uh, I think they broke the scoreboard. (laughs) Roberto Ramos had eight RBI and Dom Nunez hit three home runs. Hey, if Dom Nunez can start hitting People rave about his defense, but hey, they might actually have a legitimate catcher in their minor league system. I mean, I've been someone that's gone back and forth on Dom Nunez over the course of time. But if he can be that guy, catcher of the future type guy, that is huge because I think Tony Walters at the big league level is now proving that he is a capable big league catcher. Um, And it's taken a while to get there, but his defense has always been really solid. But the offense is where I think I thought Tony Walters' offense could be about a couple of years ago, and that is being a patient hitter, walking a lot, 250, 260, finding your pitch and occasionally driving one in the gap. And that's, the, that's what we've seen from Tony Walters. It, it, that's one of those other things that can help the offense so much. And you look at 2017. Charlie Blackman had 101 RBI out of the leadoff spot or 103 103 RBI out of the leadoff spot, right? Well, that's because the back end of the lineup got the job done and Tony Walters, instead of batting 170 as he did last year, batted 240. So that is the difference in a long lineup right there is guys like Tony Walters not being an automatic out, getting out over 80% of the time, but rather getting out only 75% of the time. That little slim margin changes it for the Rockies in terms of how strong and how long their lineup can be, and that's why I really think Daniel Murphy is going to change the course of this lineup. In fact, I talked to Charlie Blackman today about that. He was telling me that you know uh, Daniel Murphy is just such a good hitter. Not only can he hit home runs, but he executes his plans so well when he's at the plate that he just adds another dynamic to a lineup that he sees as multidimensional. And we've seen that multidimensional lineup over the last week. It's just a matter of consistency. And it truly is a snowball effect because when you have a good going in your lineup, it'll carry over to the other guys because... Not all of a sudden will you start wanting to pitch around Nolan Arenado every chance you get because you'll have Daniel Murphy behind him, you'll have David Dahl behind him, someone like that that's legitimately good. So it is a carryover effect for the Rockies that if they can get their lineup going at least a little bit as they have the last week and they keep it long and they stay healthy, the lineup will be decent. It's not going to be bad. It will be decent. And that's one of those factors that separates the Rockies from the good to the great teams. You've seen Garrett Hampson struggle the last few days. Uh, I've never been that high on Hampson. I think you're going to see perhaps Hampson or Vileka go down when Murphy gets called up. Wouldn't be surprised if it's either one of them. But McMahon has totally taken over and won that second base, first base job, whatever spot on that. Right side of the infield that won't be occupied by Daniel Murphy. He's been great here recently. I've talked to him a ton of times about it, and, you know, he's just in a really good place. So the Rockies' lineup is starting to take shape. This team's identity is starting to take shape. The foundation for a successful year has taken shape. Now, certain things and certain players, they need to improve. In fact, I have a whole article coming out tomorrow on Rock's Pile about the bullpen, and there's going to be some regression there, and it's not going to be good regression for the Rockies. There have been a lot of walks, not a lot of strikeouts, some really hard-hit balls, and not many hits. So the Rockies are due for some corrections there, and I think the opposition, whenever they come and face the Rockies and that bullpen, I think some things are going to change here pretty quick. It can't just be all Scott Oberg pitching, you know, 100 innings and hope for the best there. You know, I just I don't have a lot of faith in the bullpen. And that's not an issue that has happened yet, an issue that's transpired yet. I think that's an issue that is going to transpire here as the offense heats up. People are going to be really frustrated that the bullpen's going to cost them a few games. I do also wonder what the Rockies are going to do about their fifth spot in the rotation. I think that's becoming a more and more clear issue as Tyler Anderson's health has failed him and Chad Bettis continues to not be the player he was a bit earlier in his career. And I think it's really the question for me because Antonio Sintetella hasn't really taken that fourth starting spot and ran with it. I think he will, but you need four consistent starters. The fifth guy, I think you can go ahead and you know, punt on a day and, and a week and, and hope for the best and hope your offense gets it going. And that's what Chad Bettis was for a few years. It was, hey, he's going to give you a chance to win this game. It'll probably be a 7-5 game, but Chad Bettis will give you a chance to win the game. I don't know that he's done that anymore, and I don't know that Tyler Anderson has done that the last but you know, six months or so, so... You know, towards the end of last season and, and the start of this season. So I think that's becoming an issue, and, and the issues are troubling because the Rockies no longer have the money to spend and go replace these guys. Of course, they can trade some talent in the minor leagues if they really wanted to, but that's not what they're looking to do. They're looking to sustain success, which means they're not going to trade many prospects. And I've said this a few times. I said said this yesterday on Jenna Garcia's Locked on Rockies podcast. I think the real secret to this season is the Rockies got to find themselves around 500 at around June 10th. And then you're going to have some reinforcements from the minor leagues. The more wins you can put at that in the bank for that time, the better off you're going to be. But if you can get to a spot where instead of, you know, 36 and 39, 38 and 42 like you were last year, you are 42 and 38. And then all of a sudden Brendan Rodgers comes up to bolster the club. You have Peter Lampert takes over as the fifth starter. That all of a sudden represents hope for me. But the Rockies still have a lot of work to le- left to do to get get to that spot. I mean, they're four games under 500 or three games under 500 still at this point. And, of course, the schedule's pretty tough. So I, I think a lot of, you know, the ranting about the offense and the slow start, of course you can back off of some of that now because the Rockies have gotten hot. They're six of their last seven. But now it's what can you do over these next 10-game stretches? Can you, what can you do over the next 10 games and then 10 games after that? The Rockies need some six and fours, sixes and fours. It'd be nice to go 6 to 7 every time, but you're not going to do that. They just need to have some stretches where they continue to go 6 to 4 or 6 and 4, 6 and 4, 7 to 3. And that's what I'm looking for from this team is the consistency. Have I do I think the offense is hitting its stride yet? No, I don't think the offense has been the best it can be. I don't think the starting pitching is the best it could be. The bullpen, I don't know. The defense, I don't think, has settled in yet either. So I think you look around the club, and I still think there's some pretty decent questions to be asked. And that's what I want you to do. I'm going to do another podcast here, probably Monday night after the game, maybe Tuesday night after the game. No, Monday night after the game will be better. I'll do a podcast Monday night after the game here at Blake Street Tavern. And I want you to either hit me up on Twitter, at or or at my email, at rockyroadpodcast.gmail.com And send me some of the questions you have about the Rockies right now. That'll be after what we think is going to be a Tyler Anderson start, so Lord knows. But I want your questions, your serious questions and your assessment on what you think the Rockies have done this far, what questions you have that are pressing about this team, and what your overall feel is. Because at this point, I don't think the 6 of 7 has corrected for that losing streak the Rockies had earlier. And I think people rightfully have questions about this team, given what's in front of them in the National League, especially in the National League West. And given some of the questions and problems that have already presented themselves at this point in the season. I like to keep these podcasts short and sweet. So I can hang out with my friends at the Blake Street Tavern. and I'd love to see you next time I do the podcast here. So Monday night, I'll see you Monday night after the Rockies game. And me and you can get all excited about the Nuggets game Tuesday. In fact, I was talking to Kyle Freeland the other day. I'm like, you going to the Nuggets game Tuesday night? He's like, no. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. You have to pitch. He's like, yep. I'm like, well, if you throw a perfect game, I'm sure it'll be really quick and we can get over the Nuggets game. And he's like, uh, yeah. Didn't really say anything. I'm like, that's the plan That's the plan Because I want to go to both I want to go to the Rockies game And the Nuggets game Tuesday night So we'll see if we can pull that off Anyway, I got to get back to the Rapids beat For the Denver Post The winless Colorado Rapids after eight games And uh, it could be worse, folks It could be worse So Some of your questions, your comments uh, And I will talk to you very soon About the Colorado Rockies But John Gray appears to be John Grace once more. The only thing that we'll need to see from him is that consistency. Talk soon. You can listen to the Rocky Road Podcast. Part of the Rocky Road Podcast Network, which is just this podcast.